0: Life Management Science Labs would like to acknowledge that we live and produce this podcast on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. We'd also like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands of our listeners and our international colleagues. We'd like to thank and pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Hello everyone and welcome to Bouncing Back, the personal resilience science insights podcast produced by LMSL, the Life Management Science Labs we are champions of life management science providing structured insights informed by science and inspired by practice on key aspects of conscious living each week we bring you scientific and practical insights on each element with the expert knowledge of professionals in the field let's get started
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome. I am your host, Tia Harmer, and today we will be discussing all things motivation and resilience. So I'm here with Amelia Twiss. Hi, Amelia. How are you today? Hi, Tia. I'm really well, thanks. Thanks for having me. That's wonderful. Thank you for being here. So for those who don't know you, can you just tell the audience sort of a summary about who you are and what you do?
2: Yeah, Sure. Uh, So I'm a registered psychologist and uh, I work mainly in organisational psychology uh, consulting uh, with a focus on uh, leadership development, uh, team effectiveness and coaching psychology. I also work uh, in private practice, so that's uh, the more traditional sort of thing that people think of when they hear the word psychologist. Um, So working with issues like uh, depression, anxiety, anxiety, Uh, relationships and work-related challenges that people might be going through. Uh, And I also um, am part of the um, online faculty at uh, RMIT Online uh, and I'm just about to start with Adelaide University as well in the Graduate
1: Diploma of Psychology. That's so exciting. So as mentioned, today we are discussing motivation and how this is interconnected, interconnected with resilience, which is our overarching topic for the show. So, Amelia, how would you personally define motivation?
2: Motivation is um, really about your um, energy towards taking action in life.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I totally agree with that. So, we're going to talk more about motivation later um, and in terms of how we can motivate ourselves in our personal life as well as our work life. Um, so when we'll get to that, but now we're going to do some rapid fire questions. So for those listening can just get to know you a little bit better. So are you ready for our rapid fire questions? Sure thing. Okay. Wonderful. So just, just say whatever comes to mind. All right. So what recently has been your favorite book?
2: Uh, so I've been reading recently a book called, um, design for wellbeing An applied approach. And would sounds- you like me to talk a little bit about that, or just say the the title? Well, yeah, like what's that about a little bit? Uh, so the book is about um, how how do we apply design principles um, to improve people's wellbeing in different areas. Uh, so a couple of examples are uh, you know design for wellbeing in our um, our homes and our architecture and our interiors, uh, and then another area of interest uh, is around. Um, design for community well-being so how do we um, design you know towns and and um, shopping centers and, and kind of villages for well-being to encourage movement and social interaction and then design for things like people with uh, dementia so how do we design um, according to each individual's needs? to help them as they, you know, maybe dealing with an illness like that to help them to feel, um, you know, a much better level of well-being. So they're the sorts of things that that book's about.
1: That sounds incredible. So what is a movie that you would recommend? Uh,
2: I watched recently, I think it's called Don't Look Up on Netflix. I think a lot of people have seen that one.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I think everyone's watched that. It's it's a very interesting movie, especially for our time. Um, okay. What is your favorite podcast?
2: Uh, so that one's a hard one to answer because I, um, noticed that I dip in and out of different podcasts. Uh, but at the moment I've been listening to the coaching psychology podcast. That sounds and...
1: very appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, what is your favorite documentary? Uh, again, that one's tricky to
2: answer, but one that I've been uh, looking at lately is called um, Babies on Netflix. Uh, And that's all about the developmental journey of babies. And I've been looking at that one because uh, it's part of the um, developmental and social psychology unit that I've been um, teaching for RMIT online. It's one of the resources that we look
1: at. That sounds so interesting. You said that one was on Netflix? Yeah. That sounds amazing. I totally am going to watch that. Okay. Okay. Uh, Your famous role model. Uh, So, I think there's probably
2: two, um, and this one is a a tricky one to answer for me. I think um, this one might be a bit controversial. Um, I really admire the the Queen of England. Um, I think she's um, an an incredible role model uh, for women all around the world, and I just I, I find it incredible to imagine. Uh, the commitment that she's made to that role, um, starting very young and working, you know, her whole life uh, doing the same thing, and you know, not having really um, the the option to do anything else, and to be ninety five years old and still working. Um, so that's, I guess, that's my first one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Exactly. I think she's incredible. The fact that she's still doing it, just what a legend. Okay. Uh, what's an app that you would recommend?
2: uh gosh you know what I try to not recommend apps um because I um in, I, you know I encourage people to get away from their phones as much as possible yeah um and I'm thinking you know all the different sorts of apps that I use there's plenty day-to-day but I don't think I would use uh any app I guess for resilience um or for motivation necessarily so that's a tricky one for me to answer
1: no, and I, I think that's relatively good advice, though. Like, there isn't any particular app that I would recommend because I always dislike being off my phone. Um, so maybe that's a good recommendation. It's just instead of downloading an app, maybe pick up a book. Um, okay, what is a news website that you would recommend?
2: So I often check in uh, on the Guardian news website. Um, there's lots of free content and I like that it has um, you know quite a strong global orientation as well same I love the Guardian okay your favorite artist So I'm going to say uh, photographer Peter Turnley uh, for this one and uh, Peter Turnley is a, a, a photojournalist um, who I had the pleasure of working with uh, a long time ago and I've recently just had um, a couple of his images. Uh, framed for my living room and I'm just really excited to be able to look at those on the wall um, they're really nice so Ooh, Peter Turnley that's, amazing.
1: that's a really nice personal connection you have there to that artist um, okay what is a recent course you have completed so I recently completed a course called the
2: foundations of lifestyle medicine uh, which I think is probably pretty relevant to your podcast and the things that we're talking about today so that's all about uh, you know What's, what's the science behind lifestyle medicine and how can we make changes to our
1: lifestyle to increase our resilience and well-being? And what is a recent event that you have attended, virtual or in person? Uh,
2: so I attended a Facebook Live yesterday with uh, Kenneth Dawson, uh, who's a local Aboriginal artist uh, in uh, Fremantle. And uh, he was talking about his experiences uh, in life and uh, his connection to country. So I really enjoyed that one.
0: That sounds
1: so good. Okay, so now we're just going to delve into a little bit of a debrief sort of on your personal practices and habits in relation to motivation and resilience. So I personally find motivation really interesting um, because it's such a personal thing and it involves this constant rotation of your morals and values and sort of interests and behaviours. So my question to you, Amelia, is what practice do you do to motivate yourself?
2: That's a really interesting question and I I feel like my answer for that is I practise taking action. (laughs) So I practise kind of, you know, just doing it. Um, So that's probably my motivation practice.
1: (laughs) That's so good, yeah. I'm sure Nike appreciates that too. <laughs> <Yes>.
0: <laughs> so,
1: in terms of taking action and sort of like just doing it, what are three good things that about this practice?
2: Uh, well, I think it it helps me to get things done. Um, it also helps, probably, to bypass you know the that. Um, that moment where we think, you know, should I do A or should I do B? Um, and I guess it's like, should I um, do the dishes or sit on the couch and watch Netflix? Um, so it helps helps to intercept that decision-making. Um, what might be another good thing? I think it it's, um, it's kind of a mindset. Uh, so I notice with a lot of people who struggle with motivation, they really spend a lot of time thinking about, how not motivated they are um, yeah. and by, you know, just taking action or, or just doing what you said you were going to do, it it removes that part of the process as well. So that that kind of overthinking about, you know, why am I not doing what I said I was going to do? Why am I punishing myself for not doing what I said I was going to do? Because you're just doing it.
1: Yeah, exactly. So what are some challenges when you do this? Because I imagine sort of having to, have that mindset to actually take that action would for a lot of people be quite challenging. So what are some challenges that you face when you're sort of in this practice?
2: I think one of the biggest challenges is probably around, you know, getting the right things done. And you know, what I can sometimes see maybe in myself and in others uh, who are probably more more committed to the take action approach uh, is that you know, we can sometimes be doing stuff all the time. um, But it's important to pause and and reflect and review and ask yourself, you know, what matters to me? um, What are my goals? What are my values? Is the action that I'm taking actually aligned with all of that? Or am I kind of just being really busy right now? Because um, it makes me feel like I'm being productive.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think that's really interesting in terms of busyness and motivation. And I feel like we set ourselves up to do things and take action. And therefore we we feel like we're motivated because we're like sort of forcing our things, ourselves to do these things. So do you feel like this practice impacts your resilience? Um It it
2: probably does, and I guess in there's probably pros and cons of it I think. Um so if we talk about resilience and the things that uh, build your resilience, like um you know, sleeping well, uh exercising regularly, uh eating well and spending time with people, uh if you've got an approach to you know just getting stuff done or taking action, assuming those things are, are part of your um, the actions that you're committed to taking, then it means that you're probably more likely to be you know keeping a, a regular um, schedule of of those activities that help to build your resilience. On the flip side, uh, if your relationship with taking action and getting things done is um, more driven from, you know say, say, a sense of internal anxiety as in I need to do things because it helps me to to feel better because I've done them then we might see the opposite end of that, uh, opposite end of resilience, which is something like, you know, burnout or exhaustion.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think that's really interesting. I sort of just want to touch on that. When you say take action um, and sort of like you know, just do it, how exactly does that apply to you personally? Like can you sort of give us an example of you finding the motivation to take action? Uh Yes, so um,
2: for example, um, this is probably a good one actually, this morning I had um, a meeting down at the beach at 5.45. Um, (laughs) That's really early. (laughs) That was a real challenge, you know, to my motivation. Um, But uh, the meeting was with another person So there was an extra um, layer of, you know, motivation to get there and be there on time. Um, And so as soon as, you know, my alarm went off, I was compelled to take action because I knew I was going to be meeting someone at that time uh, so that we could uh, do some swimming together. Yeah.
1: Oh, that's that's a really good sort of like habit to get into, I guess. I don't know if waking up at 5.45, but maybe going to the beach and having a swim, yes. I could definitely force myself to do that. Um, so based on your experience with this kind of practice and this habit of taking action, is this something that you would recommend to everyone? Uh,
2: yes. I think there would probably be some things that I might recommend beforehand. Um uh, things like getting clear on what's important to you and what's the right sort of action to be taking for you to meet, you know, your personal goals. Um, and I, I can see sometimes, you know, with my clients that I work with who are, who are stuck around taking action on certain things, sometimes they, you know, they might say that they're committed to doing something but they're actually not. And then when they're struggling to find the motivation to do that, they start to feel really bad. But if you take a step back and and reflect, you know, is this actually something that is important to you or have you, you know, put this on your list because you think you should have it there? Let's let's take a few steps back and, and check in with what matters to you right now or what matters to you for your life or for this year, um, and what are some relevant goals that will help you to to be on the pathway towards those things that are actually important to you at the moment.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I find that really interesting in terms of like taking action in parts of your life where you need to take action here when you necessarily don't want to versus when you need to take action to benefit yourself. And I'm just sort of curious on your opinion in terms of when you're taking action and you're sort of, you know, getting yourself up to do these things do they necessarily have to be like always something that is going to be sort of beneficial to you or do they have to sort of be things that you just kind of have to grit your teeth and get through?
2: Well, there's, there's definitely, um, elements of both. I think for most people, you know, if you think about all of our jobs, there'll be parts of it that we really love and that we, um, you know, feel really energized about and we have that experience of um, being motivated and and in flow where, where time just passes. And there'll be other aspects of our jobs um, that it, it's really hard to do and we keep putting them off. And no matter what, at the end of the week that you've still got those things in your to do list. Yeah. and somehow they, they never get off that list.
1: Yeah, exactly. I find that, yeah, really interesting in terms of just having to get yourself up to do those sort of things and finding that motivation. To, to do them when you really don't want to. So now we're going to sort of dive into resilience and how this sort of interconnects with motivation. So let's quickly just discuss like our overarching theme. Um, so as mentioned, our overarching theme here is resilience. Um, so resilience is defined as the result of successfully adapting in the face of adversity. So At this point, I think it's important to define that resilience doesn't mean that you are immune to stress, um, but it can help you sort of psychologically handle the more difficult things in life. So, Amelia, what is resilience to you and how important is it?
2: Uh, Well, I see resilience as really being uh, the ability to cope with day-to-day stresses, but also the the ability to bounce back um, from challenges or difficulties that inevitably come up in life
1: yeah exactly so I think resilience is yeah it's a very interesting topic because I feel like there's a lot of misconceptions around resilience and sort of what physical and emotional and mental resilience is Um, because I feel like you can sort of there are different sort of stems of resilience in terms of sort of where you are personally. Um, And I think it's something that needs to be very sort of flexible, sort of what is your physical resilience versus your emotional versus sort of like your mental. And I feel like those are all sort of different things that can be interchanged. Um, So let's just sort of talk about some of those misconceptions. Um, So in terms of misconceptions, what do you think people usually mistake as resilience?
2: Oh, uh, so things that people might mistake as resilience could be uh, something like um, uh, emotional shutdown or or a lack of ability to express emotions and to connect with emotions. So if you think about someone who appears really, really stoic or doesn't get frazzled by stuff um, or uh, always seems to, you know, be in control, they might not necessarily actually be as resilient as they appear on the surface because they may not be, uh, you know, ag- acknowledging their feelings and their emotions and, and allowing them to be present. They may be more doing a kind of a emotional blocking or, or a shutdown, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's, yeah, it makes a lot of sense in terms of that emotional blocking and that shutdown. And I think we talk about that a lot today in terms of sort of the society that we have and the amount of information that we're getting. Um, And I think we talk about this a lot in sort of the journalism field in terms of people becoming sort of numbed and sort of losing that empathy because they're seeing so many sort of like tragic events on a daily basis and you can sort of watch and read and view sort of whatever sort of tragedy um sort of you're looking for um in that news world so i think it's really interesting in terms of are we resilient or are we just losing our empathy and our sympathy um and have we sort of become numb to things um and i think we see it in everyday life and you see it in your your families and your friendships and you see sort of where people are i guess quote unquote tougher in certain areas of life um but obviously it doesn't mean that you're immune to stress. So I think that there's those two sort of, they sort of counteract each other. Um, So in terms of resilience and motivation, um, we all sort of face negative life events and to get through those, you need both. You need both resilience and motivation. So we're just going to sort of briefly discuss the differences and similarities, I guess, between motivation and resilience. So I've written down what I think my like the differences are so in terms of motivation um, the difference between motivation and resilience is that motivation is more of a personal urge and desire whereas resilience is sort of identifying challenges that can be overcome through specific behaviors so do you feel that that's sort of the difference between resilience and motivation or are there other sort of things that you would add to that?
2: I think uh, that's probably a really great summary of uh, resilience and motivation. Um, So as we were saying, motivation is about that um, kind of internal energy to to do stuff Uh, and then resilience is about our ability to cope uh, with the stuff that we're doing or the stuff that comes our way or lands in our world.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, what do you think is the role of motivation in terms of building resilience to respond to negative life events?
2: Uh, it's probably a pretty complex relationship um, because we probably see someone who's got, you know, identifies as having quite a high level of uh, motivation is probably quite likely going to have quite a bit of resilience as well because we would expect um, someone. Who's motivated to be taking action in those areas of life that build up their resilience and help to maintain their resilience? Um, something that I often see in clients with really low resilience is uh, that lack of motivation, and so that becomes really difficult because what they they need to do is to to build their resilience, um, but they may not necessarily have a have a why, um, and that's that's when you really see, I guess the um, the deeper, darker side of depression is when, you know, people don't have motivation to take care of themselves or to improve their situation because they, uh, you know, lack a, a reason for it. Um, and then other times people with, with lower resilience, they're kind of battling with that kind of motivation, resilience pull. And so there's a lot of energy going into, you know, not, not building themselves up, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think um, we'll sort of touch on that later in terms of, um, you know, that relationship between motivating yourself and then sort of getting feedback and not feeling so great about yourself and that confidence that comes with that resilience. Um, So I just want to ask what are steps or practices that people can use to motivate themselves? Uh,
2: So I really. A good practice or a good step to take is um, to spend some time thinking about what matters to you. Uh, So, you know, we can talk about this in the context of, you know, purpose and values. Uh, I know for some people that concept of purpose, you know, what's my purpose can be, um, you know, can feel really overwhelming at times. Uh, But I also think that it's actually pretty simple, you know. Um, Our purpose really... Is uh, to have a really good life, and to to learn how to do that, and to figure out the things that that contribute to that for us. But understanding, you know, what what your purpose is for you, understanding what you value in life, and then using those things to create goals for yourself, um, and then spending some time to break down those goals into action steps.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think that's, yeah, I think that's a really good point in terms of breaking down those those steps um, so that you can reach those goals. And I feel like that in itself makes you more resilient, sort of planning those things and planning those steps and then, you know, actually taking them. Um, and I feel like that, that process in and of itself will motivate you and make you resilient. So I guess in terms of resilience, something that I'm sort of curious to ask you about is the different parts of our life sort of form, um, you know, different stresses and can sort of trigger different emotions and that sort of thing because you'll have family and relationship problems or you'll have financial problems or that sort of thing. Other Are areas of life where you feel like resilience is something that is maybe not as necessary.
2: Hmm. Uh, I think resilience is probably important in all areas of life. Um one area where I see an interesting conversation about resilience is uh, in the workplace and you've probably heard you know a lot of workplaces um, have training programs to you know, build resilience of their teams or build people's resilience. Um, And that can be a little bit misguided. Yes, it's wonderful to support people to develop their resilience and to to be, you know, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually stronger. Um, But what the workplace might be missing is that actually their workforce is really resilient, but the the design of their uh, workplace and the activities and the workload that they are, putting on people is unreasonable.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I guess sort of if I maybe rephrase that question, do you think that there is sort of a very fine line between being resilient and adapting to something or sort of forcing yourself to change and the negative impacts that that might have on you?
2: I'm not sure I understand what you're asking in terms of the forcing yourself to change part.
1: Well, I guess sort of in terms of when we refi- like define resilience, resilience is all about successfully adapting to adversity. Do you mm. ever think there are moments where sort of we shouldn't be changing ourselves? Do you ever feel like there's maybe that negative environment where it's like if I adapt to this, it's going to have a negative effect on who I am?
2: Mm. Um. I think, you know, maybe some examples that are coming to mind when you bring that up. Again, are probably workplace related. Uh, We could talk about relationships and things like that as well, where um, say you're in a a workplace where you're not being treated well, you're not being valued. uh, People, you know, aren't listening to you in terms of workload or aren't um, acknowledging the contribution that you make. At, At some point, it's important to to, I guess, draw the line around ourselves about you know what's um, reasonable and acceptable and what isn't. Because if you, you know, keep uh, going on and on inside an environment that isn't actually very healthy or very good for you, you might feel that you're you know just being really resilient in an adverse situation. But it, at some point, it can become damaging when, say, you know maybe the organisation's needs or the manager's needs. Uh, being put ahead of yours so figuring out you know what your needs are in terms of that relationship exchange is really important and then being able to have the courage to ensure that your needs are met as well can be difficult
1: yeah exactly thank you for answering that question um yeah because I think it's really interesting when you're trying to especially maybe in relationships when you feel like oh you know like really resilient I'm making this work like I'm you know I'm achieving this in my relationship and then to a lot of people on the outside it's like oh maybe that's not what you should be forcing yourself to do or striving for in that and I think that's really um, relevant in sort of workplace environments like am I sort of making it or am I being forced to adapt so that you know I'm feeding this toxic environment Um, so yeah I think that's a really interesting conversation so How that connects with motivation, I guess my opinion would be how do you motivate yourself to be resilient? How do you motivate yourself when you are in an environment where you're getting negative feedback, where you're not feeling so great about yourself, um, but you know that you can overcome it? How do you motivate yourself to sort sort of stick it out?
2: I think that's going to be really different for everyone um, because there are many factors that would contribute to how each person might handle that. So someone with a you know a stronger sense of um, self um, and a, a greater sense of self-belief will be better at identifying when a situation isn't actually working for them anymore or when a relationship or a workplace arrangement is unfair or toxic, as you've said. And then there's other people with uh, maybe a a less secure sense of self um, or maybe, you know, a more anxious uh, way that they relate to other people and workplaces and, um, you know, maybe more oriented to a sort of external validation perspective it can be harder for them to see, you know, the black and whiteness of this actually isn't okay. Um, so it's different for everyone. Some people will find it a lot easier. Um, and I'm not sure if I'm answering the question there, but maybe you can bring me around to um, where we're going with this one.
1: No, no, I I know. I completely understand what you're trying to say and I think obviously, you know, motivation and resilience, it is going to be so different for everyone because we face so many different things in life and I think, you know, society has necessarily told us that, you know, this person's life is harder than this person and this, this makes this easier for this person and that kind of thing. But on the inside, we all sort of face these different um, sort of challenges that build up that resilience and motivate us to sort of do better for ourselves and in our lives. And I think when you were talking before about sort of our purpose, like what is our purpose, Um, sort of like what are we here for, and that is to live a fulfilling life, to sort of uh, better yourselves and better the world around you and sort of leave the world um, better than when you came. And I think that has a very interesting connection to resilience because we're always going to face struggles on a daily basis no matter who you are or sort of what you're doing we're always going to have to sort of you know make sure that we are mediating ourselves and our emotions and sort of how we're handling situations Um, and I think even just sort of working on yourself um, and recognizing your flaws I feel like that's also sort of a building of resilience sort of being able to self-reflect and but understand, okay, maybe this practice for myself isn't that healthy or maybe this relationship with this person, you know, isn't great or maybe being like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have said that this is something that I'm going to work on. Do you feel like that's also sort of a step in resilience?
2: It really is, um, you know, that self-reflective process that, uh, developing awareness about yourself uh, understanding your own history and the experiences that you've had in life that make you who you are and um, acknowledging whether you've got you know maybe you've got stuff that um, it's important to address and to to work on um, and, and I notice uh, a lot of time people don't realize how impactful their stuff has been in life you know because for for each person it's kind of normal you know that's what my life was and it can take a while for for people to to realize actually you know um, say an adverse childhood experience for example that really affects you and you know it's it's not okay that you went through whatever you went through and it would possibly probably be really helpful if you work through that with somebody and um, so I noticed that a lot with people they kind of don't necessarily realise the things in their lives that have impacted on who they are today and and how resilient they are.
1: Yeah, exactly. And yeah, like you said, that those sort of immediate uh, connections between our life experiences and how resilient we are, and how that motivates us. Because I feel like when we talk about motivation and when you define motivation, we look very sort of goal orientated. And so I just wanted to touch on that in terms of. Um, how motivation can be goal orientated and how it can't be. So um, after a bit of research, we found that there is intrinsic motivation and there is extrinsic motivation. I'm sure this isn't new to you. Um, But for those who don't know, intrinsic motivation is purely something that comes from within um, and sort of doesn't really result in an external reward. Um, Whereas extrinsic motivation is more goal oriented behaviour and usually results in a reward. Um, so do you feel like there are some common mistakes that people make while attempting to motivate themselves? Uh, yeah, I think
2: there probably, there's so many common mistakes that people make. Um, so you're talking about um, intrinsic and extrinsic motivation, which is a really important thing. Um, differential to make when you're talking about motivation. Um obviously the in intrinsic motivation, so doing things because you actually enjoy them um, is a really important thing to identify and, and something to bring this to life is maybe exercise for example. Um, people might want to set themselves exercise goals, but it's important to remember to, to choose something that you actually like doing. Um, or to choose something, say if you're a quite a social person, choose a, a social, socially oriented exercise um, option. Um, and if you're more of a, uh, an individual or introverted sort of person, maybe you'll choose something that you can do by yourself. Um, but thinking about, you know, what you would do anyway, in a way, what's the sort of things that you just do and nobody asks you to, and you don't have to write it down in your, um, you know, your goal. Diary. These are the things that are uh, intrinsically motivated. Um, in terms of what people do wrong, um, or that's or not really helpful, is trying to change their behaviour and, and setting goals to you know not do something. Um, so, you know, I won't eat chocolate, for example, um, or I won't, um, I won't have a drink of alcohol you know, things like that. Yeah. And then, you know, all you can think of is that thing that you've said you won't do. Um, and a lot of energy is going into resisting it. So what's more helpful is a, a kind of an extinction process where rather than talking about what you're not going to do, just focus on what you, you are going to do and what you are committed to. And so your energy goes towards that.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think that's really interesting. I feel like, um, Maybe, like, while we're on the subject of making goals, and you know, we're only in February to so a lot of people, it's still the new year. People are still, you know, starting and making goals and sort of attempting things. And I feel like there's a lot of pressure around New Year's to make all these goals. And I know personally, um, when I used to make goals, They would always be, like you said, they would be sort of like negative goals in terms of like, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to eat that. I'm not going to, you know, go here or do those things. Um, And I've had to make that switch, which has been such a great switch in terms of making positive goals and sort of affirming myself and being like, I am going to do something that makes me happy every day. Or I am going to try and meditate at least three times a week and sort of giving myself that positive motivation to be like, yes, I want to do this because it's going to benefit me um, and sort of it's going to have a positive impact on my life. And I know that, you know, two positives are going to, you know, equal um, sort of a better life for me. So I guess my next question would be in terms of intrinsic and extrinsic motivation, a lot of researchers said that intrinsic motivation is better long-term um, sort of what's your opinion on this in terms of the positives and negatives of intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation?
2: So intrinsic and extrinsic motivation are both really important. Um, if you think about something like uh, your job, for example, yes, there are certain jobs that you'd be quite happily happy to do Without getting any payment because you're in intrinsically motivated to do that, um, but there'll come a point um, where you'll need that extrinsic motivation as well. So you'll you know you'll need to be fairly compensated for the time and the expertise that you you bring. Uh, there used to be a, a school of thought that was around extrinsic motivation, so things like um, you know receiving money or other benefits didn't actually um, help to increase people's motivation. Um, that's not actually accurate. We, we are motivated by extrinsic uh, motivators as well, but it's important, of course, to have a combination. Um, and if you think about work, you know, you need to be doing something um, that you enjoy, that you want to be doing, that um, you feel valued and appreciated for, uh, that you've got, you know, some relationships with others, uh, in in terms of the work that you're doing, and that you feel like you're you're fairly compensated for.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think intrinsic motivation. As I've gotten older, I've realized how much more important it is to me. Um, And I feel like society puts this really big emphasis on extrinsic goals, you know, things that we can see, things that we can see in another person, you know, have they lost all of this weight or do they have this new car or, you know, are they telling me about this new job that they got that, you know, I can see it in their car that they got this new job. Um, So I think that's really interesting in terms of having to learn what works for you, what's best for you. Um, And, you know, extrinsic motivation doesn't always have to be like a big thing like a car. It can be, you know, a little thing like, oh, I, you know, drank this much water today or I, you know, I bought this candle and I'm actually going to use it, that sort of thing. Um, So I think it's really interesting having that relationship. Um, Do you think that society, like I know I already said it, but I guess I just sort of want your opinion. Do you feel like society puts more pressure on people to make and reach sort of extrinsic goals with that extrinsic motivation
2: Uh, yes definitely in our uh, western society there's a really high emphasis on uh, those extrinsic factors Um, and you know interestingly there's no limit to that in a way Um, if we're talking about fulfillment in life which is one of the kind of themes that's underneath what we're talking about um it it doesn't really matter you know how much um money you make or wealth you acquire or things that you have that's not the what's going to give you that uh intrinsic uh motivation that intrinsic you know self of sense of self and connection to who you really are so that's why we can often see you know people who go for those um external factors um may have seem to have a lot in life but they're still not not experiencing you know contentment
1: yeah exactly and I feel like um sort of a lot of religions and a lot of Uh, Well being programs will tell you about this in terms of, like, you know, that person might be really rich, but on the inside, they're not very happy. Um, So I feel like having that balance of extrinsic and intrinsic goals um, is really important, like you said. So I guess my next question would be the challenges of actually doing this, (laughs) the challenges of actually sort of um, manifesting this motivation, building this resilience, and reaching those goals. So what do you feel are some of the challenges in terms of motivating yourself to reach a goal? Uh,
2: so some of the challenges I think, uh, we maybe touched on some of this, is, you know, getting clear on what those those goals actually are um, and breaking them down into achievable steps or milestones along the way. Um, Bring, bring those goals into existence. So what I mean by that is, you know, get them out of your head. Uh, get them down on paper. Share them with important people in your life. Um, schedule them in your calendar, in your diary. Make sure you're checking in and seeing how you're going and, and celebrating your progress along the way and sharing that with people around you. Um, that's the way to kind of start to make things happen in your life.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think that's a really good point in terms of sharing those goals with other people. I feel like a lot of the time we make goals um, that are very secretive and very personal. I know personally I've done them. Like I don't really want to let someone know that I'm doing this until I've like done it and I've completed it. Um, And I feel like that's because we're so scared of failure. We're so scared of that judgment, especially when you've got an extrinsic goal, you've got an extrinsic motivation And we're scared that it's not going to happen. And then people are going to see that it hasn't happened. Um, And I feel like, yeah, it's a really interesting balance that you have to have in your mind. Um, And I'm slowly sort of getting into that habit of being like, yes, I'm talking to my friends about this is my goal for this week or this is my goal for this year and that kind of thing. So what do you think people can do personally to help Um, sort of turn these sort of goal practices um, and sort of motivation practices into habits because I feel like like we sort of touched on before with the whole you know making goals and everything around New Year's we'll make those big goals we'll write them down in a diary and then we just kind of forget about them and everyone sort of just does it on like the 31st and the 1st of January and then we don't do it so much throughout the year because we feel like you know, oh, the year's already gotten so far, I'm not really going to try and do this new thing. I'm just going to wait for like a blank page or, you know, wait for a new start. So what do you think are some recommendations um, for the people listening in terms of, yeah, like I said, taking that motivation um, and sort of motivating yourself to make goals and reach them and turning that into habits?
2: So um, it's a really good example, the New Year's resolution one. Um, and I think what, what trips people up with those is that they, their New Year's resolution is like so big in a way. It's such a big change. Um, and then as you said, you know, we get into January or February and um, they haven't necessarily spent time on, um, you know, breaking down how they're going to get from A to B with this great big change. And then it feels like an overwhelming task, and they, they can't figure out where to begin. And um, so, spending time um, mapping how how are you going to get from uh, where you are to where you 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 want to be. Um, and again, as I said, bringing it into existence, and you know, committing to what it is that you're working on, um, and creating the opportunity to have some early wins. Um, so that you can start to feel that you're, you know, you're being successful at the thing that you're, um, committed to. And there's a couple of things that can help you to, to start feeling successful. Um, so having, developing your competence at what you're doing. So especially if it's a a new thing or, um, something quite different, thinking about how do I start to feel like I know what I'm doing? Um, what is it going to take? There's always that, that kind of period where you're learning, when you're learning something new, where you don't feel like you're very good at it at all, um, and allowing yourself to come to it with a, a growth mindset, and acknowledging that it's going to take a little while for you to, you know, reach that sense of competence, and with um, commitment and dedicated action, you will notice that your confidence increases actually pretty fast in most things. Um, so reminding yourself that you're developing your competence and bringing a, a growth mindset, a learning perspective to what you're doing. And um, thinking about um, how, how it works best for you. So I'm talking here to one of our underlying needs of autonomy. Um, so people really n- need to feel like they're in control of their life and making decisions about themselves. So if you're um, trying to, to implement behaviour change, thinking about yourself, what works for you, how are you going to design whatever it is, for your specific um, ways of doing things or, you know, how you like to make things happen. And some people like to get things moving really quickly. Other people might be, you know, a bit slower in the way that they approach things. Uh, And then the other important element to kind of helping us with our motivation is called relatedness. Um, And so this is the piece that I was talking to before about, you know, bringing other people into whatever it is that you're doing. Uh, whether that's telling them, you know, like, hey, I've enrolled in this course and I'm studying whatever. Or um, another good example is can you do the thing that you want to do with other people? So it might be um, exercise, for example, or maybe you're um, studying with people or you're having dinner and working on something at the same time.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I can completely relate to that. I just had to um, the other day I was sort of trying to hype myself up to go to this new gym gym Um, that I just bought a membership for and I was so scared of going by myself. So I dragged my little brother along. And then when I got there, I was like, okay, like I am I know where it is now. Like I know, and it was not intimidating like at all. Like there wasn't even anybody at the front desk. Like it was really fine. And I could have gone and done it by myself. Um, But I just needed that comfort that I was just going to have someone there despite having to quite literally drag my little brother there. Um, He came and we did it and we accomplished that. And so I think just sort of breaking it down into sort of little steps like you said um, and I feel like that sort of comes back to what you were talking about before and sort of that um, taking action and sort of just do it sort of mindset in terms of making those little goals, making those little steps and breaking it down and then just doing those things, like just walking to the gym and actually knowing where it is or just you know checking out the website and getting familiar with what it is, um, and I think those are really important because small progress is still progress. Um, I read that somewhere the other day, and it just stuck with me so much because I was like, small progress is—you're still making progress. Like you might not have, you know, achieved this big overarching goal, but then sometimes those goals aren't always things that can be completely achieved like you'll never sort of get to that peak and be like yes this is this is this is it (laughs) like this is the exact thing sort of you know if your goal is to um you know better your mental health or feel um like you know you're putting more effort into your healthy eating there's never really going to be that point where you're like this is this is it like you know it's not like buying a car or buying a house it's that constant kind of um relaying and that constant sort of revolving of um sort of your values and your morals and that that motivation that you have to kind of to better yourself i guess okay so now we're going to jump into probably my favorite segment which is audience questions so our first question, um, which I can definitely relate to, is from Jalita. And Jalita says, how do I fight the urge to procrastinate?
2: Well, uh, that's a very good question. And um, think about uh, what, what is it that um, you're avoiding and what is the Benefit that you're getting from your procrastination. Um, and if you understand what those things are, it can probably help you uh, to procrastinate less.
1: That's so interesting. Yeah, I think finding the urge to procrastinate is very, very difficult. <laughs> Especially when we can find other things to do that we would consider productive. Um, I feel like that's something that I do. I've always been like, oh, actually, instead of doing this, I do actually have to do something else. Um, so, yes, finding the urge to procrastinate. I can relate to you, Jalita. <laughs> okay, so our next question is from Katina, and Katina says, even though negative feedback can become a major A great motivator. Sometimes, when I receive negative feedback for my work, I would feel incompetent, and it can reduce my confidence. How should I motivate myself in a situation like this?
2: Oh, that is another um, really important question. Um, Feedback is um, such a a big topic. Um, So, first first thing I would start with is um, did you invite that feedback like were you open to it did you want it Uh, because we often are seeing at the moment that people are offering unsolicited feedback um, and you'll all know that's the worst type it just makes you feel terrible Um, so just have a think about in the in the situation were you you know a willing um, participant in that feedback conversation and if not, what was it about that conversation that had you not feel comfortable? So you didn't have the level of psychological safety to receive that message. Um, and it might not be, you know, that necessarily that you've done a bad job at something. It might actually be that whoever's been providing that feedback to you uh, hasn't really done that in um, a careful, respectful, considered way. Um, the other thing to think about is, you know, we. We all have a tendency to focus on negative things about ourselves or perceived negative feedback. Mm -hmm. So just reminding yourself, you know, hey, this is um, what we we as humans tend to do. We focus on anything that we think is negative. Maybe I can just take a second and and reflect, was there other feedback that I received um, that was actually really positive? And maybe it's going to be more helpful for me to reflect on that positive feedback um, and think about the the negative feedback is it something that matters to you that is important to you and if yes um bring your growth mindset to that and um see it as a development opportunity
1: yeah i think it's great i think like you said sort of like were you asking for that feedback or was it just sort of voluntarily given to you um, cuz i feel feel like when we are asking for feedback like where we've already sort of prepared ourselves that okay this may not be good. It also might be good, <laughs> um, but it's sort of that place where you've realised sort of like, okay, this is something that I can improve on and something that I can um, work on, whereas sort of when you get that feedback and it kind of, kind of comes out of the blue, especially when you feel like you've been doing sort of a good job at whatever it is that you were doing, um Yeah, that can be difficult. So I think motivating yourself in those situations um, is very hard, but it's very important because you need to be able to sort of take that feedback and be able to work through it, I guess.
2: Yeah, it's Um, it's kind of understanding the value of that feedback. Like is is this high-value feedback um, or not? And if it is, then, yeah, embrace it. And if not, you know, maybe leave it where it was left.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll take it and then we'll just, we'll just put it somewhere else. That's great. I guess, um, probably one of my other questions would be when you noted sort of, um, how humans tend to focus on that negative feedback when we, when we, when someone says something to us that is negative we get that negative feedback someone says something about us that we're not particularly fond of and we tend to focus on that we'll we'll get all this sort of like positive feedback these positive affirmations from people but we're never really going to take them seriously until someone says something bad or something negative negative. and I just wondered sort of considering your role and your expertise I was just really curious do you sort of understand or sort of have any kind of grasp on why, as humans, we do that?
2: Uh, I think it possibly comes from our um, deep down survival instinct. So, you know, okay. we're um, always looking for any any threats to our survival. And something like um, perceived negative feedback can uh, become a, a relationship threat or a status threat. Um, and so we get pretty anxious about that because something that Helps us to survive in the world is uh, our relationships with others and how we're perceived by others, and so it can make us start to feel like, oh, you know, am, am I still respected and and do I still belong in this group? Essentially, like that's taking it quite far, but that's kind of the process that's going on.
1: Yeah, I I think that's really interesting, and yeah, like you said, sort of ties back to the survival mode thing. And I, I guess I never really thought about it like that because yeah, I think when you get negative feedback at work or someone says something about you, like it really sits with you and you don't, you just don't forget it. Whereas something nice that, you know, one of my friends would have said to me yesterday about something I would have done, I will just forget about it straight away. Um, so that's really interesting. Thank you for answering my question. I guess that'll be my audience question. Um, I guess another audience question would be from Lenny. So Lenny asks, what, obstacles or barriers may i face that will sabotage my motivation uh,
2: so many obstacles and barriers um so a big one is not um taking care of your well-being uh, so we talked about resilience as, as part of this conversation if your resilience is low you'll Everyone will, will notice like your motivation really suffers. Um, so there's a, an important relationship there. So you were talking about some of those lifelong goals earlier. Things like you know well being and resilience is something that we work on every single day. It's not like something that you work really hard and then you have it and then you're done. You can tick that one off. Um, so taking care of your well being really matters when it comes to motivation.
0: Yeah.
2: And um, the other things that we talked about before. So how are you? bringing the, the, the things that you want to do into existence? How are you enrolling in people in your life in that? Um, how are you developing your competence in whatever it is so that you feel, you know, confident um, in what you're working on?
1: Yeah, I think that's really interesting in terms of uh, yet yeah, developing that confidence um, and understanding sort of where we may often self-sabotage ourselves. Um, I feel like we're all very guilty of that. A lot of time, I feel like especially females, um, just to sort of just as a species, we tend to just kind of assume that we can't do something. Um, so I think that's really interesting. and just being able to identify those obstacles, I think is also a really great step. So I guess um, another question would be from Bonna and she asks, what do I do when I'm not making progress towards my goal?
2: Uh, so it might be a question of um, reviewing whether or not that goal is still relevant. Um, and I'm thinking of, um, you know, for example, um, you might have a a goal written on your list, but actually your life has suddenly become full of all these other things which are more of a priority priority than that goal. Um, so checking in, like do I, does this goal still matter to me? Um, and if yes, how can I make that more of a priority? Like what do I need to change to make sure it's getting my attention? Um, and if it's not, you know, maybe it's time to let go of that goal. Um, possibly taking some time to reflect and um, uh, and, and here what I'm talking to is the authenticity of your commitment to that goal so we often say things like I oh, you know I'm going to exercise more or I'm going to eat better um, but we're actually we're not actually committed to it so taking a moment and checking your goal like does this actually matter to me am I like seriously about this goal or is it because I think I should be and if you're not Like give yourself a break and just get that goal off your list because um, you're not doing yourself any favours creating goals that you don't actually believe in uh, because you're just going to then be spending energy telling yourself off because you're not achieving that goal.
1: Yeah, exactly. And um, I feel like, yeah, just sort of adjusting those goals as you get older and as you grow, you know, your goals that you had a year ago or even a month ago are not going to be the same Um, as the goals maybe that you'll have today and you need to sort of adjust those to kind of who you are and what you're doing. Um, I feel like a lot of people have faced um, a lot of the time where they're told that their goals are too ambitious or that their goals are sort of unrealistic. Sort of what's your opinion on that in terms of sort of do you think people need to have a process where they need to be like, okay, is this actually a realistic goal? Like, is this something that I can do? Is this something that I have the capacity for? Or do you think, you know, we should be motivating people to sort of be reaching um, sort of as far as they can?
2: And that's such a good question as well around um, goals and goal setting. Um, so setting achievable goals um, can be really important if you're, um, you know, getting started in something, um, or you maybe don't have um, a, a, a big purposeful umbrella over what you're doing. But setting ambitious goals is really, really important because if you know you can achieve something already, it's not really going to stretch you and help you to grow and, and develop. But if you're setting yourself um, a, um, a, a much bigger goal, you're more likely, you may not actually get there, but you'll probably get further than than you would if you set an achievable goal. So, yep. you, you know, say if you said, I'm going to save $10,000 and that felt really achievable to you over whatever time period, then, you know, you, you'll land on 10,000. But if you said, I'm actually, I'm going to save 50, um, you might not get to your 50, but hey, you could get to 22. And, you know, that's going to be more than 10.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think that's really interesting in terms of, yeah, setting those goals and just getting as far as you can. Um, and I feel like yeah, it's an interesting balance between having to sort of have that goal but still understand that if I I don't make it all the way, it's still okay. I've still, you know, small progress is still progress. Um, and I guess our last question from the audience is again from Juliette because all her questions seem to be really great. How do I Balance between being a highly motivated person, yet still prioritizing my mental health at the same time.
2: Um, I'm, I'm wrapping my head around that one. So, um, what I'm hearing there is maybe um, that they're feeling like they they're not prioritizing their mental health, um, or perhaps this is someone who's um, really achievement driven. Um, you know, and we were talking a little bit about that kind of those external motivators um, and perhaps um, a need for external validation playing a part here. Um, so reflecting on um, that person's relationship uh, with themselves um, and how can they bring that sense of um, self-worth and that sense of self more inside you know be more in a way more connected to their their body and their feelings um, than perhaps being you know up here in the kind of thinking mind the achieving mind um, and recognizing that as sort of what you're pointing to it's the journey it's not the destination Um, and our experience along the way really matters and that's where like your mental health is really important your well-being is really important and an example I like to give here is about life for example you know our our goal in life is not to get to the end it's to really enjoy the process along that way because you know we're all we'll get to the end at some point um but if we miss if we miss that experience we miss the the journey there's not really much point in in getting to the end so thinking about you know your day-to-day experience of whatever it is that you're working on that really matters probably more than you know whether you get that goal in the end or not.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think um, I can definitely relate to this question in terms of being a really highly motivated person and you're having all these ideas and all these thoughts and there's I want to do this and I want to do this and, and I feel like, you know, do we make that differentiation between having goals and being motivated? Um, and I feel like a lot of the time there are things that I really want to do. There are things that I'm really motivated to do, like, oh, I wanna go join this dance class or I wanna go rock climbing, or I'd like to start a blog or write an article or blah blah blah. But my mental health is like, well, you don't really have the capacity to do all of those things right now. So I guess that's sort of Jolita's question. Like, how do I how do I manage being such a, a goal-driven person, but then not having the mental health to back it up. So I guess sort of what I got from your answer is that we we need to like prioritize our mental health. And therefore, like as a result of that, we will be able to achieve those goals and be more motivated to do those things. Is that sort of am I am I on the right lines here?
2: Yeah, well I I think what we're talking to here is a little bit um like the concept of say your resilience battery. And so your Your well being and your mental well being are really important aspects of those uh, personal resources that you have at your disposal to do all that stuff that you're interested in. And so you need to make sure that that battery is nice and full because when it is, you can do all that stuff. You know, you can write your blog and go to your dance class and do rock climbing and do all the other stuff that you've got on your list. Um, But first, you've got to have that energy for all those things.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think having to sort of find that energy and look after yourself and sort of foster your mental health is something that, you know, we're all still working on and we're all still um, sort of figuring out what works best for us and how to kind of make sure that I'm trying my hardest but I'm not pushing myself so hard that I'm at breaking point, I guess. And uh, another thing that sort of came up in a few of the questions that we got that are all sort of interconnected, how do you do that without feeling guilty? Like how do you slow down and take care of your mental health so that therefore you can go out and do more things? But how do you take that moment to actually kind of like recenter yourself and give yourself kind of that moment to breathe and get up that energy and sort of recharge your battery? How do you do that without feeling guilty? Because I know I do feel guilty when I ever, whenever I sort of stop, I've got something in the back of my head like you could be doing something else right now, and there's that pressure to be productive.
2: Yeah, you could be achieving something right now um, when you're taking care of yourself. Um. So this is such an important question and conversation that I think a lot of people probably have with themselves. It's really about valuing yourself, and. Um, Valuing yourself, that you take care of yourself, so that you can be there for others, so that you can do what you need to do. A couple of great examples that illustrate this are, uh, you know, when you're on the aeroplane and the, they're doing a the safety demonstration, and those masks drop down, and they say, "Put your mask on first before you help anyone else." Another great example is um, in um, general first aid. A lot of people will know about the doctor's ABC um, acronym. The first one is check for danger, right? So don't don't put yourself in danger to help other people. And it's a similar concept. Like value yourself first, take care of yourself, and then you can bring your you know your, your best version of you to all the things that you're interested in your life. And um you know daring to value ourselves feels a little bit like a conversation that many of us are, are not used to or not haven't learnt how to do so that's that's what I would say to that one
1: yeah and yeah thank you for that answer it's yeah definitely something in terms of learning that this is actually me taking care of myself um I feel like there's always that pressure to be productive but when you are taking care of yourself you're being productive in a way that we're you know new to Um, and going to have to get used to so fingers crossed we all start getting used to that a little bit more and and feeling less guilty okay so that's all our audience questions for today and that pretty much brings us to the end of our podcast episode so thank you so much amelia for coming in and sharing that with us and was there anything that you wanted to say to the listeners before we wrapped up uh There was a comment that I had
2: there just as you were finishing off that was about um, the conversation about valuing yourself, but it's obviously slipped my mind. So, uh, no, thank you so much for... That's
1: all right. You'll have to come back and talk (laughs) about that another time.
2: (laughs) Uh, Thanks for having me. It's such a a great conversation and I've really enjoyed uh, being here. Thanks.
1: Yeah, exactly. No, it's been a great conversation and I'm sure, yeah, the people that listen to this are definitely going to benefit from it because I think it's a conversation that yeah, needs that um, good sort of uh, evidence-backed conversation and I think that's really great. Well, thank you so much for coming and to everyone listening. We hope you enjoyed it and be sure to tune in
0: to our next episode. Bye you have been listening to bouncing back the personal resilience science insights podcast produced by the life management science labs listen to episodes from lmsl's 10 life management perspectives on apple podcasts google podcasts spotify youtube or other podcasting apps on your smartphone if you enjoyed this episode please consider rating our show sharing it and subscribing to our channel as it helps others find us and us grow to bring you more quality resources more of our work can be found on our website at pr.lmsl.net where you can join our movement. I'm Tia Hama, Thanks for tuning in.